Welcome back to the Intern to Boss podcast with me as your host, Jay Tulloch, the UX director. Now, we're going to talk about something today that I didn't want to speak about. Well, not yet anyway. You see, to be completely transparent with you, I am a man of structure. I like to have a sense of what I'm doing before I do it. It keeps me in control and kind of somewhat sane, I suppose. And I have done some preparation for this podcast Actually, let me take a step back from this. So my vision for the podcast is that it will be a continuous and consistent source of information and being the organized person that I am, well, at least how I like to think I am, I decided to write down all of the topics that I felt would add the most value to you. All 105 topics, actually, believe it or not. But then I ran into a problem, the paradox of choice. Now, I know that I just said that I'm organized, structured, and... I aim to stay in control. However, I also love convenience and we can be sure that if there's anything out there that creates a more convenient lifestyle for me, then I'm going to use it, (laughs) right? So I came across this randomizer um, kind of online. So I threw all of the 105 topics into this online randomizer and it just so happens that this particular topic on how to earn six figures annually as a UX designer appeared at number one. So... I'm not the one to argue with what the universe has actually returned to me. So I decided to just keep the disorder exactly how it was. And so here we are. Let me start with a story. You see, my closest friend and I have always been quite competitive. Like since five years old, we've known each other and we've kept in touch for over 25 years, despite taking different paths. He went to a top grammar school in London whilst I attended a rough state school also in London, but not because I had to, however, at the misery of my parents, I refused to take the entry exam despite passing all of the mock papers and going through extracurricular tuition. The reason I did this was because I wanted to be with the kids that I believed at the time were cool until my definition of cool changed halfway through secondary school. So if you fast forward to today, we're both in very similar situations on a socio-economic scale. And I believe it was down to our underlying competitiveness, which grew organically as we graduated university. So we'd set ridiculous, ridiculous targets, like absolutely ridiculous, like two Range Rovers or a Lamborghini by the age of 35, you know, The one that stands out to me most, though, is the six-figure salary objective. I mean, what an objective, right? Um, It made absolutely no sense at the time. I mean, I'd just been promoted from an internship for a small tech startup on an industrial estate in Tottenham, North London. He had recently completed a two-year graduate scheme at a big four consultancy. Now that I've said that, out loud, maybe his goal was much more realistic than mine at the time, but the fact remains that we were on the bottom rung of the career ladder, and I remember we used to go for shisha, which is our favourite pastime, in a very affluent area in London, and act as though we had already made it. Like, the bravado, the big numbers being discussed, you know, the wild statements, the exaggeration of work-life encounters being made, it was somewhat laughable, um, but on one particular occasion... And I don't know how exactly it came up, but 
he said to me, Jay, like one of my biggest goals is to earn a six-figure salary by 30 years old. Now, I remember thinking, wow, you know, I hadn't even imagined a number like this. I would have been more than happy with just 30K per year, um, you know, take the earn your age principle. Um, and especially at that time, you know, being an intern. But suddenly, you know, my childhood friend made a hundred thousand pounds plus seem possible you know and even though we were in completely different fields and he was already in an institution and a discipline where the odds could pretty much guarantee that he'd reach his financial goal but for me the ux intern turned ux designer what the hell is that like most people even today do not even know that my job exists at that moment in the shisha lounge his objective became my objective. It fired me up, like seriously, like I went out of that shisha room buzzing. It doesn't take a rocket scientist though to calculate that a lower tier UX designer in 2012 has a long way to go before earning six figures annually in the UK. So I had to figure out the route that would take me there and fast. So until this point, I've been a bit frivolous with the use of the acronym UX. For those not in the field or kind of new to my podcast, UX stands for user experience. And the truth is that at the time in 2012, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know what UX was. And for context, I started a digital design business involving web creating websites, social media, graphics, logos, mobile apps. And I landed my first internship designing and building mobile apps 18 months after, before joining yet another startup as an intern, wireframing, prototyping, testing the prototypes with customers, and then coding the front end user interface, right? Seriously, like the company that hired me as an intern, they got the best deal ever, that's for sure. It wasn't until I stumbled upon a video from this YouTuber called Mike Locke. Now, some of you in the UX field may have heard of him, you may not have heard of him, um, but Anyway, he described his role as a UX slash UI designer, as he would call it. The information that he provided in his videos depicted everything that I was doing in my role at the time as a design intern. But what grabbed me was the moment that he offered insight into his role as a UX slash UI manager and his 100k plus salary. And I remember sitting there thinking, hold on a minute. You mean to tell me that this guy on my screen does the same job as I, and actually probably way less than I was doing at the time because he wasn't coding anything. And he earns a six-figure annual salary in US dollars. You must be kidding me. With this newfound enlightenment, I just decided to rebrand myself as a UX slash UI designer. And I clearly remember throwing that term around the office when I'd introduced myself to new clients. And it felt amazing. Like I felt a new sense of purpose and I'd instantly just, you know, join the community of UX, UI designers, you know, by chance. The next step then involved actually researching what on earth a UX slash UI designer earned yearly. So I began looking at the job market and began applying for UX design roles, which I soon discovered the number that I should be aiming to obtain. And before I knew it, I was in the final stage interviews for a huge insurance company and one of the biggest consultancies in France. A long story short, I chose the consultant role 
and instantly doubled my yearly salary, right? So not bad considering I'd only discovered six months ago what I was actually doing daily was user experience design work. Incredible when you think about it, right? Especially as only six months after joining, which was a huge learning curve for me, I was promoted for the early impact that I had made on the team and our clients at the consultancy. I was almost halfway through achieving my six-figure goal at the age of 24, which was amazing. So let's take a quick pause to understand that promotion a little better. So that promotion at the consultancy came about due to a mix of skill, will, and a lazy mentor. So I knew that I had the skills to execute to a high standard, and I had the willpower and the drive as I had a goal in mind that I had to strive for. But the real gem to my success and achieving what I set out to achieve was the mentor that I received on my first day working on a large-scale digital transformation project for a government client, okay? On day one, she was tasked with onboarding me onto the project, introducing me to the roles I had never worked with before, like business analysts and product managers, and giving me the context required to get up to speed with the projects as quickly as possible. But this is not what happened. My supposed mentor walked me into a makeshift office for our project team at the client site, showed me a small space on this ultra-wide communal desk, and then left. And I didn't see or hear from her again for about two weeks, and I hated her for it at the time, for literally throwing me in the deep end and leaving me to drown, you know. But upon reflection, it was the best thing for me because I had to learn incredibly fast. All of the roles and responsibilities and where I fit into the team and then leverage my skills to help us achieve our objectives, which means that I had to ask a ton of questions, which upon speaking with my peers made me seem intelligent, diligent, pragmatic, and also challenging. All of these characteristics helped me to receive that corporate tap on the shoulder for the promotion six months after joining. So those factors helped because when it came to the promotion period, all of the 360 peer reviews were taken into account and they were taken into consideration. The team felt as though my contributions due to my inquisitive nature and asking the right questions made their lives easier and actually added value to the project. So little did they know that I had no clue what their roles were. I was literally just thrown into the middle of it but I just asked questions constantly. It challenged them and then produced the work that achieved the overall objective and more for the client. So the work I produced to solve the business problems was also equally as good, if not better, than the questions I was asking and the input that I was kind of giving to the team. So if you then fast forward 18 months and through a few more kind of expensive government-funded digital transformation projects, I ended up in the travel industry as a UX lead for the mobile app. And I'd increased my salary by another 35% in this new role, another step closer to my 100K um, target with relatively few years to spare. The best part is 
I took the learnings and principles that I picked up working in government and then I just applied them to my new role. You know, kind of once again, my inquisitive nature has kind of spotted an opportunity at the travel company to increase their revenue by upwards of half a million pounds per annum. This was a great win for me. As within three months of joining the company, I did not receive a promotion, but I did receive a further 10% pay increase as a, as a reward for the impact that I made early on in the company. So identifying early opportunities that had an impact to the company did not just increase my salary further, but it created more exposure for me at the company and secured more advocates in my corner and increased my range of responsibility for the design team. It allowed me to then learn and grow my skill set and leadership capabilities much faster than if I just slotted into the business quietly and just did what I was tasked with from, from the roadmap and just, you know, kind of put my head down and just did as I was told. So the experience that I gained being at that travel company for just over 18 months added more strings to my boat. You see, I articulated and measured my contributions to the business by putting together a portfolio with a compelling narrative that demonstrated my process, my business acumen, and the impact that I was making as a UX designer. I'd also become very active on Twitter and attended every design event under the sun. All of this contributed heavily to my exposure to the rest of the design world. It led me to an opportunity in Switzerland, which was owned by a conglomerate. And the position was a UX manager. And the industry, as I was told, was in the health tech space. So I was instantly intrigued and took the first interview and then the second. But at this point, I'd made a rookie error and hadn't actually discussed the compensation. Mainly as I just presumed that it would be more than what I was currently earning as it was an external promotion. So when I inquired, I discovered that they were prepared to offer me a mind-blowing £120,000 plus bonus and I just could not believe it. My age 30 objective was in reach four years early as a UX designer. I ventured through the interview process and was offered the role and my eyes watered. You know, I had done it. I'd achieved a six-figure annual salary. But then I decided to decline the offer. And I know what you're thinking at this point. You must think I'm crazy. How could I be in my mid-twenties turning down £120,000 annual salary plus a bonus? But the truth is I had to. I did eventually achieve my six-figure earning target by 30. However, the main thing for me at the time of my first six-figure offer was that I knew that my goal was possible. I knew that I had the skills the experience and the confidence to attract such a role. And for me at the time in my life, that was enough to keep going until I found a position in a company that met my financial and moral sentiments. But I'm not gonna say exactly who the company were. However, they were involved in, they were right when they, when they pitched it to me, they were involved in the health industry, but um, not the side of the health industry that I particularly want to be a part of. In fact, they were actually contributing to ill health significantly, right? Even though they tried to convince me that this new arm of what they were trying to kind of get me into 
um, was doing the opposite. They were still selling products that were detrimental to the health of the public. And that was their core business and would be their core business for many decades to come as well. I think it's important to be able to kind of stick to your morals and know what you know what your number is, obviously, but know what you're willing to work hard for, who you're willing to work for, because the money is out there. It needs to sit well with you morally, right? In, well, at least it did for me anyway. So what are your career goals and how do you measure success? Would you have felt as though you could turn down such a high paying role? Maybe I was stupid. Who knows how my life may have turned out if I had accepted the role. Let me know what you would have done in the comments below. Let's have a discussion. If you enjoyed this video and found it insightful, don't forget to like, subscribe and share this podcast with your friends or anyone else that you think might be able to benefit um, kind of from this podcast series. Until next time, I've been Jay Tuddock and you've been listening to the Intern to Boss podcast. Take care.